0: Hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson, and this is going to be a two-parter, as it often is. First side of things, I am lobbying strong, not that anyone have any pull, that this Steeler rookie class, this draft class, now has to be fixtures. And what I mean by that is starters, increased snaps, you know, you have this two weeks off, to get those guys even further up to speed, they've got about a month of football under their belt. You know, the not preseason anymore, but as this coach says, has been in stadiums and all that. So, just pulled up draft history, but well, not that I needed to. But starting with the first pick, Broderick Jones. It doesn't look like Dan Moore is going to play this week anyway. So, I think you just have to announce at this point, or and I guess you don't even have to say it, but it needs to become apparent. Broderick Jones is our left tackle. End of story, end of discussion. Yes, he's going to have some struggles, as are all these guys I'm about to talk about. They're rookies. But I know what Dan Moore is. And after watching Jones this past week, he's so much more gifted, you know, and if he makes a mental error or a technique issue, so be it. He's so gifted, though. He wins sometimes when he's wrong, you know, like even just because of size, speed, you know, aggression, short area quickness, you know, strength. Sometimes his technique isn't great and he still wins where a Dan Moore has to be perfect and he is a better technician than Jones. I think you just look at Jones like you are the left tackle from here on out. And frankly, I think the offensive line gets better immediately and certainly long-term because of it, especially in the run game. I was very impressed with him this past week. I've told you that before. Now, that doesn't mean Dan Moore never sees the field again. I mean, I've been pushing for this, and I don't understand why they've gotten away from it. A sixth offensive lineman, you know, a big tight end, you know, an extra tackle out there makes a lot of sense to me. You could convince me that Moore – might be a better player than Chooks at right tackle. Maybe um, he hasn't played guard, but I think he's very capable. And I've told you my story or my thoughts, which I don't think is going to happen. I think Cole's going to stay at center and Daniels will go back to right guard. But I would love to see Daniels at center and maybe put more in at right guard. But, you know, I, I, we've talked about that. But that doesn't mean Moore is useless or we'll never see the field again. Now, this one I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because it's what I wrote about this week. Go check out my article. Um, It's basically saying you got to put Porter in the lineup right now. I mean, I know it's a small sample size, but he's been their best corner already. I mean, those other guys are horrible. I mean, they're really, really bad. So I mean, worse than Dan Moore was at left tackle. So in a way, this is by default. I mean, if he isn't quite ready, oh well, you know, coach him up this week, get him ready, because when he's been out there, He's been better than Peterson, Wallace, et cetera. Now, he can only replace one of them. I assume it would be Peterson at the left corner, you know, with the, the receiver to quarterback to his right, you know, the quarterback's right side, because that's where he's been repped major way more than anything else, which is fine. But then you still have Wallace out there, which isn't fine. But then you could take Peterson and have him do safety slot, middle of the field stuff, you know, like more. It's not like he would be totally erased from the world. I'd also like to see King possibly involved over these two weeks as well. But we're talking rookies now. So go check that article out. Benton's a really good player already. So he's playing more and more. I'd still like to see that spike dramatically. And we talked about this early in the week when we went over defensive snap counts. Yeah, it's going up, and I like Montrevis-Adams, but I'd like to see Benton cutting into that more. Even when Cam comes back, it wouldn't break my heart in Nickel if it's Benton and Cam or a combination of Benton and Ogan Joby and Cam and they all play two-thirds of the snaps, give or take. He needs to play. He's been extremely good. I'm very excited about Benton as well. I'm pretty excited about the draft class, as you can tell. Now, Darnell Washington is now officially a starter. By default, and he's been OK. Um, the big thing with him that I'm not even saying has to change, but we have to monitor is now that he's running. They just don't target him. I think he has two or three targets all year. And going into that last game, he had run, he had run 40 routes and had two targets from what I remember now down by the red zone, middle of the field. Can't this guy go eight yards down the field, post somebody up and throw a high ball and go rebound it? You know, I mean, go Charles Barkley it. So I'd like to see more of that. I think he's already a good blocker, but not a great one. He could become a great one. So I think this time is doing him well, but it's not like he didn't see the field when Friar was healthy. But I'd like to get him more involved in the passing game. Obviously, Corey Trice isn't in the mix. Anderson's a backup, but I think a valuable one. Last guy then to talk about is Herbig. His defensive snaps have dropped, which I don't think is a reflection on him at all. Um, the other three are just really good. You know, I mean, he's just kind of blocked right now. But as we talked about before, he has played more special team snaps than anyone on the team. You know, so he's contributing. I mean, and I think that Danny Smith's very happy with him. Um I'm very happy with him. I'm excited about him. I don't think his role needs to grow, but I just wanted to mention him where I do think Jones, Porter, Benton, Washington, all their roles need to grow now. You know, I mean, let's go. I mean, it's time. It's middle of October now. And those guys are much more talented than the people, quote, in front of them. I'll I'll have a problem if they don't go that direction. Now, I will say, obviously, I am not in the meeting rooms with those guys. The position coach might be like, Williamson, I'm listening to you, but this guy has no clue how to do XYZ or can't get out of a bad play or doesn't recognize this, this, this. Okay, I get that. But Coach up. <laughs> All right, I'll be back. I want to talk about these three AFC North games, too. All right, the Sunday slate once again kicks off very early. Across the pond, Ravens Titans. Ravens are favored by four. Now we know when you play Ravens Steelers the week after that, usually it doesn't go well for Ravens or Steelers, I mean, they beat each other up. And then you got they're going all the way across the pond, obviously. But one thing I like that the Ravens did is they went over very early. I mean, imagine that flight, though. They went over Monday, the day after the Steeler game, and the way they played, imagine being on a flight with all your buddies and coaches and teammates all the way across the pond. Ugh. Anyway, being over there, I think, with a couple days to acclimate is a big advantage. I don't know if they'll win or lose. But I think it's a tough matchup for them. I mean, because you kind of know – Vrabel style of game, physicality in the trenches, big people run the football, translates to a game like this. You know, the field conditions aren't always great. I think the Ravens win, but if we're talking a four-point spread, I would definitely take the Titans. So I think there's a chance, I should have opened the segment with this, I think there's a chance while the Steelers sit on their hands that all three division foes lose this week. And I'm betting one or two certainly does. Now, I think the Ravens have a better than 50% chance to win this game, but I do think it'll be very close. I think the Browns are going to get blown out. I mean, it really does not look like Watson's going to play. It's in Cleveland. San Francisco is the Death Star, though. I mean, they're just destroying planets and they're going to play PJ Walker this time, not the rookie. I don't think it matters at all. They don't have Chubb to lean on. I will say that the Browns defense. The numbers say it's elite, and I think it is elite. I just don't know how they move the ball against the Niners. So maybe they can keep this thing close, get a bounce, hang around around halftime. I don't see it that way, though. I just don't see the Browns scoring. And I think the Niners score on everybody. Maybe it takes a little longer in this case, but I think the Brownies are in big trouble. And this Watson thing is very concerning. Now, I think, you know, not just because of divisional game, but Seattle at Cincy is one of the best games of the weekend. I, I urge you to check it out. I think to me, Burrow, he sure looked back. And I don't think that's a one-off. I mean, I frankly, as we sit here on October 13th, Friday the 13th, I think the Bengals are the best team in the division today. I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to concede that Burrow's calf is good enough that you can see Burrow. Their O-line isn't fixed, though. But their situation's the worst, and Seattle's a tough opponent. Uh, By the way, the Browns are 10-point dogs. I would still take the Niners. The Bengals are three-point favorites. Seattle's in Cincy, and yes, that's a cross-country road trip, one o'clock start, but Pete Carroll's been doing this a very long time. And his record in such games is tremendous. And it's like unheard of good against the spread. I mean, we're not, I know you guys just want the Bengals to lose. It's only a three-point game. They're coming off a bye. They should be very well rested. I like where Seattle's at. I mean, if I were power ranking teams right now, I would pick Seattle over Cincy. But I also do think Cincy is... Knocking on the door of what we expected them to be again, all based on Burrow. Not sure if Higgins will play or not, but Seattle's got a good pair of corners. I think their tackles are coming back. I think this is a really close game. If you're giving me three points, I'm definitely taking Seattle. So, yes, I think two of the three North teams could win this weekend. Sure, Seattle or Cincy and Baltimore. But I bet those two split. And I think the Brownies get blown out. So you sit there on your couch, heal up, hopefully get some rookies involved and watch the North take some hits. All right, guys, everyone have a wonderful weekend uh, over and out.